0: Well, good morning. good morning. Welcome to Noblesville First. We are so excited you were here this morning, especially as we welcome our conference superintendent for the North Central District, Reverend Sanita Mako, who will be giving us the word and a blessing here in a little bit. We are mixing it up for you all this morning just a bit because you're going to get the announcements now. I know you're so excited about that. And then we'll have another prelude to center ourselves for worship, and we will go on. With worship as we normally do So I want to make sure you know About some exciting things happening Especially next weekend It is friends the bash and the splash Okay The bash and the splash Back to school bash is coming up on Saturday From 5 to 8 There's going to be a lot of exciting things For you and the family and the kids to do Especially I want to know That you'll get to pie a pastor Okay Okay Now, I've asked Sunita if he'd come back for that, and he didn't want to do that. So come on out, pie a pastor, get some inflatables. There's a junk food walk, face painting, tattoo artist, all kinds of fun things as we send our kids back to school. And he does, David, our student ministry director, does need volunteers. So if you would like to lend your time, he would much appreciate it. You can sign up on the church website. And then the next day at 945, the typical Sunday school hour for our children's programming, there's going to be the Splash, and that's a day full of water fun. There's going to be a water slide in our parking lot. I'm really excited about that. I might, might join them after that. And uh, water balloons and all kinds of fun things. So please note, as you are preparing to park on Sunday morning next week, the area behind the church by the playground will be blocked off, so plan accordingly. And we're looking forward to a really fun weekend next weekend. And, no, uh, no, no, also first kids, <laughs> August 7th, will welcome um, Nicole, Pastor Nicole, that's her first Sunday. It is also Promotion Sunday for our kids. They'll be in different classrooms, and that's all this on the website if you need to know where your children will be on Sundays. And then as we prepare to welcome Pastor Nicole, you'll get a chance to have a meet and greet with her. There are a number of times and slots on the website. Feel free to go and sign up for a time that works for you to so get to know her a little better. And, of course, we invite you to check out everything else that's happening on our Next Steps link on our website. And we welcome you today. If you are visiting with us, make sure to see myself or Bonnie or Sunita. We will make sure to get you a gift. I believe Pam downstairs this morning, but she's happy to greet you as well. So we are happy to have you, and we ask you now to prepare your hearts for worship as we welcome and fellowship together. As we do every week, we will light a candle to welcome those online that are joining us, the light of Christ that unites us all, whether we are here or whether we are worshiping from home. Please join me in our call to worship. We are called here by the goodness of God. We are recipients of God's gracious love. Though we have not always done what is right in God's sight, Yet God is merciful and forgiving. We open our hearts and spirits to the refreshing love of God. Help us, O Lord, to live joyfully and peacefully in your sight. Amen. Let's stand together and sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give thanks for this holy and sacred moment to which you have called us. We ask that you would open our hearts, our minds, our ears, and our souls to the messages we will receive today. May your spirit be among us as we worship, as we hear a word and a blessing, and then may we be sent forth into the world to share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone else this week. This we pray in his name. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Good morning, and welcome to everyone, as well, online. This morning, we'd like to share this week's concerns and additional thoughts with you. Norma McComb requests prayers for Tatum LaGrange, who is her three-month-old great-grandchild in Florida, anticipating open-heart surgery on August the 2nd. Please pray for a successful procedure and outcomes. We pray recovery and comfort for Jim Decker, Warren Sarber, Paige Sexton, and for all who has had surgery or medical procedures this past week. Mary Kennedy has returned to Riverview Hospital for further testing. Please keep her and her husband, Joe, in prayer. We pray for those trying to help the families of shooting victims at Greenwood Park Mall, including the colleagues and friends of Victor Gomez. May they find peace and comfort through our prayers. A church member requests prayers for Diana's friend and neighbor who broke his back and lost several digits in a recent lawnmower accident. We pray for recovery and comfort for all on this list, as well as those who never make it to any list. We also share celebrations of joy with the birth of a new baby girl to Amy and Chad, who are best family friends to Tammy and Dave Redden. Gianna Joy was born on July 14th, weighing in at four pounds. The new parents are doing fine, while the baby works on gaining strength and weight in the hospital before she can come home. Gianna Joy, welcome to God's world. Now please join me in a call to prayer. Ever-gracious God, You hear the prayers of your people, and in your goodness you answer. In Christ, you offer the gifts of new life and hope to all who seek your blessing. Through your Spirit, you pray within us, even when we cannot find words ourselves. Receive our praise and our prayers this day, O God. And draw us into your holy presence, so that your love will transform us to serve you in the world you love. Amen. Please join together in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart this morning. And then I'll say a pastoral prayer. And then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Perfect Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit. By your divine providence, we see you put things into place, order into our chaotic lives, and melodies of joy back into our spirit. You can take an ocean of water and turn it into fire. You take a broken heart and sew it back together again, tenderly, piece by piece. That which we thought to be unapproachable or beyond our capabilities, you give us courage and strength to face the unbearable task. You take our discouragement, our hurts and fears and anxieties and give us gentle rest and peace because you love us you free us to be the people you need us to be to love you and to glorify you by loving others god we are grateful for you and are humbled and thankful that you hear all prayers make us your champions for jesus christ so others can also love you, and to love each other too. Please help each of us do this, Jesus. Holy and merciful God, we thank you also for the Lord's prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth
2: His strength is high.
0: Noblesville. First, I am here with our incoming lead pastor, Nicole Caldwell-Gross, and I thought I'd ask her just a few questions as we are preparing to welcome her next week as she'll be (laughs) coming into the office and trying to get the lay of the land and get to know everybody. So thank you for being here today, and we are so excited to welcome you as our lead pastor. We've been talking about you for a while. We've been talking about transitions. Our sermon series this summer has been doing a new thing, okay. a church in transition. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear a little bit from you, as I'm sure everybody else does too. <laughs> Tell us how you got into this whole ministry thing. Well,
3: I was one of those weird kids that loved church. I grew up simultaneously Catholic and Methodist at the same <laughs> it, it sounds really weird because it is. Uh, my dad immigrated here from Cameroon and brought his Catholic faith and my mom grew up in the United Methodist Church. And so every Sunday I went to both services, either mass or service as we called it. And I remember being trained as an altar server, the sacristy pointing out this table that had this verse, there is a light in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome and told us that nuns and priests would wake up in the middle of the night to tend to this candle and that this was a metaphor for God's presence with us, always being there, always lit, always illuminated. And I wanted to test that theory. (laughs) And so every time I went in, I was checking to see, and I really fell in love with in that experience mm-hmm. and throughout my life I've had I think like many of us seasons of darkness and challenge and pain and sometimes the light has just been a glimmer or a flicker sometimes it's been a fire and in that faithfulness of God always showing up I felt not only the presence of God but this audible call to ministry mm-hmm. and A lot of people rejoice when they feel called to ministry. Maybe that was your experience, Jill. It Mm. was not mine. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared. Mm -hmm. I was scared because I had not seen women in ministry, and I was scared because the expectations that my parents had of me, and we've talked about this, were to become a doctor or a lawyer. There were two choices in life. And so when I felt that call to ministry, I called my brother. Um, at 2 a.m. and he, after he assured that I was in my right mind um, I told him I feel called to ministry and I'm scared to tell dad and he said something to me that I'll never forget he said we already knew that mm. and I think for me it was a reminder that God calls us but God also sends people to confirm that call Absolutely. so from college went straight to seminary at Princeton I had an amazing experience being developed as a pastor there, interned in South Africa, interned in urban ministry and suburban ministry. Uh, worked for the United Methodist Church and Baptist churches. Ecumenical is my middle name. Um, then worked for the Conference of the United Methodist Church. Got a call from Pastor Rob Luke to come and serve at St. Luke's. And then four years later, got a call to consider serving here as well. So
0: that is the fast forwarded version yes, of my call to ministry. Well, we thank you for saying yes to coming to Noblesville First. So we've been in a time of transition here at Noblesville First, and I think. We'd like to hear from you what are your hopes coming into this position what are some of your dreams for this church and the community so when i was discerning this role
3: and this was not something i was looking for that's kind of been a refrain in ministry for me god just shows up and says hey look at this um i checked out the website as our conference superintendent instructed me to and there was this tagline uh, that said you know we love everyone, no exceptions, Uh and that jumped off the screen to me because of how many people I know in our generation and younger who have really given up on church, Mm -hmm. just don't believe it's a place where transformation and authenticity and love and grace exist. And I was intrigued by a congregation that said, this is a place where there are no exceptions. And I've been dreaming about, what does that really look like? Mm -hmm. What does that look like in our digital mission field? What does that look like when you come into the parking lot and children's ministry and discipleship, that that message is infused Mm -hmm. into everything that we do? Because when I think of that, I believe you then set yourself up to become a church that's busting at the seams. Mm -hmm. I think people are yearning for that place where there are truly no exceptions. And so I'm dreaming about who are the people in the congregation that will help to make that vision a reality. I know they're already here. And that uh, it's my job to get to know them, to equip and empower them, to lead us forward. And I'm just, I'm excited about even where we are. We're right across from a school apartment. I mean, this is such a mission field. Yes, it is. And so all that. And then there's the farm, right? 20,000 pounds of food a year. (laughs) This is an amazing congregation. And so I want to be the church that when you walk into Noble Coffee and Tea, people are talking about what we did that last Sunday. So that's what I'm hoping and dreaming. And look forward to hoping and dreaming with you all as well.
0: That sounds amazing. We look forward to talking with you more about that. Yeah. So, tell us one interesting thing about yourself. I'm sure there are many, but if you could pick one. If I could pick one, I have now
3: lived, I think, in two different countries and four different states. And no matter where I go, I'm only searching for the perfect.
0: Okay. I'm okay. searching
3: for, it's got to be medium, the cheese <laughs> to bun ratio has to be right. Are you listening, Horrigation? Seriously. <laughs> and if you have suggestions, I, I'm open to them. <laughs> I I just, I feel like when we get to heaven, God is going to open the gates and there will be burgers. Okay. And so that's what <laughs> manna is to me and I'm hoping that you can help me find that. in as
0: well. I'm sure we can, we can do that. <laughs> And that that reminds me that we do have your meet and greets coming up. And so perhaps if you are hosting a meet and greet, now you know Pastor Nicole's favorite meal. (laughs) So you might fire up the grill and and show her your skills. And a reminder that you can go to our church website or visit the office. And there are a number of days and times that you can sign up to meet with Pastor Nicole. Maybe pick her brain some more, um, get to know (laughs) her and she can get to know you. And that's a really great way that we can welcome you and you can start to get to know us as yeah. a congregation. Yeah. So we hope that you'll do that uh, very soon as she's she's beginning ministry here. And we are so excited to officially welcome you in August and look forward to the many, many things that we will do together. I'm excited too. Thank you, Pastor Jill. Thank you, Pastor Nicole. <laughs> hope you got a little glimpse of Pastor Nicole. She is joining us next week and she does love her burgers, So get your grills ready. And now we'll enter into our time of offering and giving. So I invite you to open your hearts and discern what God might be calling you to give and how God might be calling you to give this week. So let us pray over our offerings. Holy Spirit, we ask that you'll be poured out upon each of the gifts that will be given today. Whether they come from our handbags, our wallets, our hands, our feet, our prayers, the ways that we fellowship and love one another, the ways that we devote our time or our talents, there are so many ways, O God, that we can give to you. So we just simply ask for our hearts to be stirred in some way this morning, that the gifts we will give will bless you, holy God, and will multiply, that your kingdom will be made known right here in Noblesville and beyond. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I invite you all to join me in our prayer for understanding. God of wisdom, as we listen to the scriptures today, fill our hearts and minds with your living word so that our faith in Christ will grow stronger as we build our lives on Him. We have two scripture readings this morning. The first is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 6 through 7. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. And from Isaiah, the 41st chapter. Do not fear, because I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you with my righteous strong hand. The poor and the needy seek water, and there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will respond to them. I, the God of Israel, won't abandon them. I will open streams on treeless hilltops and springs and valleys. I will make the desert into ponds and dry land into cascades of water. We give thanks for the gift of Scripture.
4: Hello, Fast and uh, Noblesville Fast. How are you? This morning when I was preaching I asked, do I really need a microphone? Can I move this way? Good morning. How are you? <laughs> you can stay here. <laughs> it is so good to be here today, to come and worship with a beloved church, a church that has uh, continued to be faithful in ministry, a church that has continued to witness Christ in Noblesville, a church that has produced my ADS. A church that has produced more other people so let me tell you I am here to say thank you for your faithfulness for those who are online I appreciate you and I love you all for being faithful in saying we are here and we're in the mission field making a difference for Jesus and nothing else so I was invited by Pastor Jill to come because she needed help But then Pastor Jerry retired. I know some of you, you are in the grieving mode when you lose, when your pastor retires. But those of you who have retired, you are so proud of Jerry. I know you are saying, Good job, you did it so well. Thank you for retiring. Enjoy your time, enjoy your life, enjoy your family, enjoy your ministry. But I also thank you for saying yes for Pastor Nicole as she prepares to come and bring something unique and special to this community. Of course, Bishop Tremble sends greetings when we go to preach different churches, and my family, Beatrice and the kids, they always send greetings to wherever I go to preach. Again, my name is Sanita. This morning, I was reminded by Anita that your name is easy. I just add an S, and I say, that's true. If you want to remember my name, just say, Anita, you put an S, Sanita. When you live here, you can't forget my name originally from Kenya been here I'm the superintendent a conference superintendent for North Central District this is my I finished one year and I was two years conference superintendent at North District so thank you for inviting me Jill, to come and share the message but she gave me a condition she picked it, even the title Oh, my someone has said, when you come, if you don't mind, share the title of a word and a blessing. And I said, that's easy. God bless you. I'm done. <laughs> but then I think she thought that it should be something more than that. Just, you can't just say, God bless you and go. should be something more than that. So I have some few things I would like to share with you today. But before I go far, I want to ask you a question. What kind of a church are you, and what kind of a church do you want to be? This morning I was preaching in the, the, the forest, let me say it, the forest, Tita farms. I was there, the birds were singing, the wind was blowing, the Holy Spirit was moving, it was awesome. And I said, maybe this is the kind of a church Noblesville wants to be not being honor in the building, but making a difference in the community. Let us listen to this uh, music. Let us listen to the words that are in the content of this music. left the building. The church has left the building so that the church can make a difference for Jesus in our neighborhood here in Noblesville. When we come to worship, it's not a bad thing. When we sit in the pews, it's not a bad thing. But the place where we make a difference is in our community. Sunday morning, we gather here to celebrate what God has done from Monday to Saturday to Sunday morning. Monday, Tuesday, until Saturday is a time where we make a difference for Jesus in our community. The scripture that we read today from the letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 4, clearly says, Don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be restless. Don't be concerned. Don't be uneasy. Don't be worrisome. But then he says about anything, how can that be? How can we live without being anxious? I think when you cease to be a human being is when you can live without being anxious. But as long as we are breathing human beings, we will always be anxious. But Paul reminds the Philippians here that don't be anxious about anything, but do this. Bring all those anxieties, bring all those concerns, those worries, those things that make you restless. Bring them to God in prayers, in petition. And then it doesn't stop there. It says you bring them in prayer and petition, but also you have to thank the Lord. You have to be grateful and thankful to God. I was asked to bring a word and a blessing, so my word is, don't be anxious. Why did I choose don't be anxious? The world we live in has sent messages of anxiety all the time. When you turn on the TV, messages you get probably 90% if not 99% are things that trigger your blood flow in a very negative way. Not unless you tell me, no, mine gives me positive way. But in most cases, it triggers our blood in a negative way. It triggers anxiety into our lives. Every day you hear messages. Every day you read. Every day you drive around the neighborhood. Even the other day I was putting girls and I put people putting stickers on the gas. (laughs) They say they are blaming someone who caused that. I don't want to say who is that, but that's what I've seen in the gas. When you get gas pump, you just see a name of saying, "We, we curse you, we don't like you. And I say, you are sending this message to me. I am not the one. Find this person, tell this person. So why are you putting stickers on the gas station? But we live in a world that is sending messages of negativities. Messages of hopelessness. Messages that make us have sleepless nights. But then verse 7 says, Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. So we are talking about anxiety. Iniscus in Greek. But then we are talking about peace. Peace that comes when we offer prayers and petitions to God, when we carry all those things that make us have sleepless nights and hand them to the one who is more powerful, who is capable to take all those fears from us. Peace that surpasses human understanding. This word anxiety and peace. They have something to do with our well-being and we have a choice to make whether I want to stay and live and immerse myself in anxious moment or I can transition and choose to live in more of a peaceful moment, the peace of God. The shalom Elohim in Hebrew really means peace that comes from the divine. It's not the peace you get because, oh, there was war, now we have stopped war, peace has come. That's not the kind of peace. It's the peace that God gives to each one of us when we turn all those anxious situations that we have into the one who is capable to bring redemption. There's this chronic anxiety. You have heard about chronic anxiety, and you have heard about context anxiety. There's context-based anxiety. Chronic anxiety sometimes is driven by traumatic experiences. Trauma, stress, all those things, they trigger chronic anxiety. But context-based anxiety is based about where you are. Uh, Simple things like a neighbor throwing leaves into your yard. (laughs) Or a neighbor leaving the dog to come and decorate your yard. Have you ever experienced that? (laughs) Have you ever had that? Uh, and, and they don't do anything about it. All oh, things like, all oh, things are changing in my family. My child is leaving home and I don't know how I can live by myself. Some of us have experienced that. Oh, my teenager, oh my grandchild, I don't know how to communicate with my grandchild because my grandchild is speaking a different language. Not a different language like Swahili, but a different language of speaking using technology. And here you are, you want to, granddaughter, grandson, you need to call me. Grandson, granddaughter saying, Grandpa, I want to teach you how you can also do some TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are trying to figure all these, these lives that we are dealing with every moment. All the time as we deal with this, we always ask ourselves, God, my day when I wake up every morning, what is the course of my day? How do I prepare for my day? And that's where I would like each one of us today to seriously think about the power you have as a person. You have power that already God has given you to design your course of your day. When you wake up in the morning, you stand and you look at the mirror, what do you see? Who do you see? What is the plan for that person that you see in the mirror? You can choose to design that plan, or you can choose the world to design that plan for you. And the world is ready to design that day for you. So why am I talking about this? I want us to watch this for like one minute. Let us watch this for one minute and see context the best Anxiety, what it does to our well-being.
3: Hello. Welcome. You are watching a TED interview series called How to Deal with Difficult Feelings. I'm Chloe Shasha Brooks, your host and the curator at TED. Now I will be speaking with Valerie Purdy Greenaway, social psychologist and Columbia University professor. She directs the laboratory of intergroup relations and the social mind where she researches the us versus them mindset with the goal of fostering understanding between groups. And she has wisdom to share about the relationship between feeling like an outsider and anxiety. So let's bring on Valerie. Hello Valerie, thank you for being here. One of the things I've been excited to ask you about is just, you know, you you talk about how there's two ways of seeing anxiety, right? Chronic anxiety and context-based anxiety. So can you define the
5: two for us? There's two ways of thinking about anxiety. I think the first way that people traditionally think about anxiety is chronic anxiety. We are still in the midst of a pandemic. People are, are anxious. Some others might think of anxiety in terms of their personality, you know, their micromanagers, and these kinds of anxieties are sort of everyday anxieties that are with us for a long period of time. What I study is another kind of anxiety that other people may may not be aware of, and this is the anxiety that comes from being part of a social group, whether it's your race, your ethnicity, your, your gender, your sexual orientation, your size. And walking around the world and sort of bumping up to environments where you're stereotyped, where you're otherwise, and that context makes you feel different. And in that moment, you can feel it's the same biological kind of anxiety and stress, but it comes from the context. So I study the kind of stress, anxiety, frustration, That stems from being a member of a group that can be stereotyped. And I study the kinds of contexts that make that happen, whether it's at work, at school, you know, at church, in your synagogue, you know, all of the types of contexts that can either intentionally or inadvertently make us feel otherwise, which causes that anxiety.
4: Friends, you have had two types of anxiety, and I don't want you to be stuck there. I want you to hear what the scripture tells us uh, from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. And I'm reading from CEB. Don't fear. That's how it starts. Don't fear. Because I am with you, God, making these promises, don't be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you, I will hold you with my righteous strong hand. And then Isaiah 17 18 talks about the poor and the needy who are seeking water and there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, I the Lord will respond to them. And again I want to tell you, we live in a community where people are longing for something. People are longing for something that gives them meaning and purpose. People are looking for a faithful community that will step up and wipe their tears where they are. People are longing for you to step up and say, I see how anxious you are, but I know where we can take this. I see how scared you are. I know your health situation is really bothering you. I know you have someone who is very ill in your life and you are all scared. But there's a place where we can take this. And then he says, I, the God of Israel, will not abandon those people I need, those people who have nothing to, to eat, to drink, to dress, or to all the situations people deal with. Look at your life and ask yourself, what are some of the mission or opportunities that God has presented to you? Those mission opportunities is when you interact with those people whose lives are so much stressed and they are so helpless and they feel sleepless all the time in their lives. The anxiety that we are talking about friends makes us sometimes to be stuck. You think about the church, what is happening? When you think about apathy, you think about complacency, you think about the way people are not so much motivated about making an impact in their community, is because anxiety and stress related which we call stress is a silent killer. I was looking at research that shows that stress is very high in the most developed nations. It should not be like that. Why is it that stress is the most silent killer in the most developed nations? It's probably because people are excited about controlling. When you are holding things, I can do this, I'm a superhero. I can do this, I'm going to fight this. That's when stress hits more. But when we surrender and let go and say, I don't have any control. Really, God is the one who is in control. I am just invited here to be faithful. And to listen to God's voice, to continue changing people's lives, that's when this anxiety gets reduced. Some of you know about my work that I did uh, my previous life when I was conducting research at the IU Simon Cancer Center. And I was studying to look at the role of faith and spirituality. What does faith and spirituality do in people's end-of-life circumstances, when people are faced with difficult times, does faith and spirituality help them to deal with coping? Does faith and spirituality help them reduce their level of anxiety, death anxiety? Does it help reduce their depressive uh, symptoms? And for sure I found that this thing we call faith is so important, it's so powerful, that you have just to say, God, I am not in control. Take care of this from me. And as I was traveling this last month, I tell you I found that there's something correlated to the animals. So we went to Kenya, we were there for almost uh, 30 days, and we got a chance to visit, to go to the safari, Masai Maras. We were traveling there. We saw all kinds of animals. Of course, my kids, when they looked at these animals, they say, these animals, they look very happy. They say, tell me more. The animals we see at the zoo—they are not as happy as these animals. And then I told them, this is what happens when you have the freedom. When you don't, you are not controlled in a cage. This is what happens. You, you, you feel the freedom that is there. But then we looked at different animals. The first one that I looked at carefully is the animal called the warthog. Have you ever seen a warthog? Have you ever tried to take a picture of a warthog? <laughs> What dogs, they don't stand for a picture. They run. They see you, they keep running. They're anxious, they're scared, they keep running. And then I looked at the giraffes. Oh my goodness. The giraffes are the most calm animals. I don't know if it's because they are too tall that sometimes they may not run as what dogs, but they are the most calm animals. They walk slowly. When you want to take a picture, they stand. They look at you. <laughs> Just take a picture. And then they can pose in different ways. I looked at this, I said, maybe, maybe this is what God wants us to stand and pause and look at things and say, God, I don't have any control. At this moment, God, you are my God. All these things that I'm worried about, I don't have even the stamina to move the needle. I just want to trust that, God, you'll bring the right people into my life to walk with me through these difficult moments. God, I trust that you will bring resources that I need to address the needs that i have in my life friends we have to move to the next level i am excited about uh pastor nicole coming here i'm excited about the leadership in this church jerry and others who have worked so hard to bring this together and you as leaders i remember when i was here you were raising funds for the wonderful and you have raised money, so music is a powerful gift in this church. You are going to use this music, but you are also going to take this music into the community, the power that music has. And research shows music therapy is the the other alternative medicine that is out there. Can you imagine what this music therapy could do in Noblesville, in Noblesville community? People longing to hear music that is grounded with spirituality is powerful because you are not just entertaining the brain you are also treating and nurturing the soul and people's soul need to be nurtured Martin Luther King once said and the way Martin Luther King said it is very clear that if you can't fly you can't fly then try to run if you can't run walk if you can't walk then crawl But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. And that's my message for you. Whatever you do, don't start walking backward. (laughs) That's it. You have to find a way to move forward. You have already declared what kind of a church you want this church to be. And I thank God for you that Noblesville will know you are here to make a difference in families. Families that are dealing with loneliness. Families that are dealing with depressions. Families that are dealing with addictions of all kinds. Families that are dealing with losses in their lives. Families that are dealing with marital problems. Families that are grieving. Noblesville, first you have been called to move forward making a difference in those people. And it doesn't stop there when Dyer also says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. You think about it. When you change the way you look at things, those things that you look at, they change. And of course, Winston Churchill had some wisdom also to share about an old man who was in, in his deadbed. When I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. Most of which had never happened. I'm sure I I don't want to finish preaching without mentioning about United Methodists. And uh, there's another uh, church called the Global Methodists. These two, probably you have heard about them. You have heard about United Methodists forever. And you are United Methodists. We continue to be United Methodists. We continue to witness Christ as United Methodists. But there's another denomination that is coming up. It was launched May 1st, Global Methodist, and what that does is, uh, Global Methodist is having people feel like the best way they can be missionary and do their work to make a difference for Jesus is to be within a Global Methodist. I am here to challenge each one of us. The denomination is not going to be the one that makes a difference for Jesus. It is you, it is me, it is the people in this neighbourhood that will make a difference. What is God calling you to be here in Noblesville first, before you serve the denomination? What is God calling each one of you to become to make a difference in this community? How many of us have gone to the neighbourhood and said, oh! I am here. I would like to give you United Methodists. Do you like United Methodists in your menu? And how many people accepted Christ when you gave them that? I'm sure you said, I'm here. I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we love you. We love you, all people in this community, and we want you to experience Jesus. People will be drawn to those kind of messages. So why am I sharing this? Do we want to identify with the denomination more than we can identify with Christ? I'm challenging each one of us to identify more with Christ. What is my word and blessing to you all today? We need to be calm. We need to continue loving God. We need to continue loving our neighbors. We need to continue making a difference in this community. And friends, never be comfortable with temporal happiness. Temporal happiness does not take us far. Red pride and control and success, selfish success. Be driven by God. Allow God in our lives to continue making that difference. The scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17, 18 says, Don't think to yourself, my own strength and abilities have produced all this prosperity for me. Remember the Lord your God, the God is the one who has given you the strength to be prosperous in order to establish the agreement, the covenant God has made with your ancestors. And that's how things stand right now. There are our grandparents, great, 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 great grandparents who have grown in this church. They have laid a good legacy for this church. Some of you, you know them. Some have gone to glory. What kind of legacy do we want to keep here to be a mission or church in this community? Three things that I've mentioned before and I want to finish as I remind you these three things. I said them before and I want to repeat them today. Remember these three intelligences. Don't forget these three intelligences. The first one is the one you are familiar with, emotional intelligence. You are very familiar about that. Being self-aware. How do we nurture our self-awareness? Sensitive, knowing how to manage our emotions. How do we manage our emotions when we are faced with all these anxious moments? Self-critique or regression. Empathy, looking at people at their eyes and seeing God's image in them, no matter what. No matter what. You know, there are some people who always Sometimes they tell me, hey, Senator, you know, for me, I don't look at color. I say, if you don't look at color, then you don't see my existence. I want you to look at me and say, I'm black. I'm Senator superintendent black. I want to look at you and say, you're white, Greg. If I don't see color, then I've decided to ignore seeing your existence. Emotional intelligence will take us to see all kinds of people in this neighborhood, and look at God, how God created people, and God is plan on those people. Number two, cultural intelligence. Cultural intelligence looks at beyond the race, gender, religious, age, and all that. Some of us have struggled to understand this differentness in our lives. Of course, if you are married, you know if you brought someone to your life, you must have worked very hard to bring a foreigner into your life. If you have lived with someone, you must have worked so hard to allow space somewhere in your life. If you have brought in a friend in your life, it's creating space. You, you allow yourself to die a little bit so that the other one can live. What is God calling us to be? The third one is spiritual intelligence. Nurturing our spirituality. Our soul, our faith, going to Bible studies, drink your coffee in the neighborhood, <laughs> or do some barbecue in, behind your house and invite some of these people to come. You break bread while you are barbecuing and enjoying your music or watch a movie and then talk about what God is talking about through this. You, we have to allow ourselves so that God takes control of our circumstances. John Wesley one time said, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We can do that. Don't preach to people to go to heaven that they have not even seen. Make their neighborhoods heaven. Make this neighborhood to be heaven so that they can have a foretaste of heaven that is far, far away. How is that going to happen? It starts with you. It starts with me. We can make a difference for Jesus. May God bless you. May God guide you. As you continue preparing for the next leader who is coming here, remember those three uh, things we talked about from from Dyer, from Martin Luther King, from uh, Churchill, talked about making something powerful that makes you to move and not to be stuck. So what is my prayer for you? When I come to preach next time here, I hope that I come and get invited and welcome to come and preach because I know you are in the mission field. And don't stop making a difference for Jesus. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for who you are, for your faithfulness. You have called us, you have equipped us, you have prepared us. Now it's for us to make a difference every day, Monday to Saturday, making a difference in this community through relationship building, through eating and feeding and enjoying each other. And on Sunday morning, we come here to celebrate the great things that you've done during the week. We love you. We praise you because you are God. In Jesus' precious name, we pray and give thanks. And God's people say, amen. amen. God bless you. I invite
3: you to stand and sing this chorus. It's not in our hymnal, but it's one that Al's going to play through for us. And you may remember it um, as an old gospel hymn, but we'll sing the chorus together. Would you stand, please?
4: Blessings. Don't count your troubles. Because troubles are there all the time. Count your blessing. When you wake up in the morning, look at the mirror and say, What blessing do I have? The Lord, today is another day that you're made. I'm not going to ruin it. I don't want anyone to ruin it. It's my day. I'm going to walk through this. May God bless you and keep you and strengthen you every day. Friends, remain faithful, make a difference for Jesus. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go home in peace.